Welcome to NFT Heat. We're bringing the top NFT thought leaders straight to you. If there's something you enjoyed on this episode, and we really hope you did, please take a screenshot of the episode and make sure to tag us on Twitter at NFT Heat. We really appreciate your support, and you are the only reason we're growing. So to help us, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'll then give your review a shout-out on a future episode. Welcome to NFT Heat. Whether you're inside the industry or new to the NFT space or an NFT OG, we're going to provide you with the necessary NFT alpha to crush. We'll bring in the top guests and deep dive into how NFTs will transform the metaverse, DeFi, and social tokens. I'm Justin Shankaro, the king of alpha. Oy, I really got to switch that name. It's probably not even a prince or a noble. I'm just a peasant, whatever. From child actor to adult actor to Stanford to NFT entrepreneur, I am here with my amazing co-host, John Kraske. He was an executive in the design space, and now he's running an NFT company or multiple NFT companies. It just changes every single day. He is in the trenches, learning, growing, and seeking alpha. John, what's happening today in the NFT space? How are you doing? I am doing absolutely fantastic. I am just crushing NFTs 24-7 as always. I know you and Joe actually have a hard stop here in 30 minutes a day for a big NFT drop happening, so I won't carry on any longer. We got a mint. We're minting the Adidas NFT drop today. That's going to be insane. So we got to finish up this podcast so we can actually hopefully make some money. We are two NFT insiders. We bring in the top NFT thought leaders in the space to help you learn the emerging trends and opportunities each and every week in 30 minutes or less. Let's get into it, John. Today's guest is Joe Conyers III. He is the EVP Global Head of NFT at Crypto.com. Founded in 2016, Crypto.com today serves over 10 million customers with the world's fastest growing crypto app, along with the Crypto.com Visa Card, the world's largest crypto card program, the Crypto.com Exchange, and the Crypto.com DeFi Wallet. Recently launched, Crypto.com NFT is the premier platform for collecting and trading NFTs carefully curated from the worlds of art, design, entertainment, and sports. Joe is the former chief strategy officer of Downtown Music Holdings, as well as co-founder of its subsidiary, Song Trust. Welcome to NFT Heat, Joe. Thanks for having me, guys. Really excited. You know, I got in the NFT space many years now, but really got deep into it when I joined in March. And since we've started, we've had a ton of fun working with some really incredible artists and sports teams ranging from Snoop Dogg to the Philadelphia 76ers, UFC, Boy George. We just did something today with Baron Davis for charity with his Black Santa project was really exciting. We launched profile pictures over the last two weeks, we've done over 3.5 million in primary sales and almost coming on 30 million in, in transaction volume on those PFPs alone. Really exciting time to be in the NFT space more than ever. John is laughing because he knows. <laughs> and even since the last time I saw John, it's, it's been uh, just a tremendous increase in what the whole market has done and all the brands that have gotten into it, all the really exciting creative drops that have happened. And I'm really excited to be here to chat more about uh, what we're doing and broadly about space. Amazing. We are so pumped to have you on. This is some major alpha in this episode. So listen up carefully. Speaking of that, let's hop right into a five-question lightning round to provide some alpha to our listeners. John, what are we hitting them with first? Joe, what is your favorite Discord? Favorite Discord today is Psycho Kitties. We just dropped them last night. Yuganzo is the guy's name who's the creator. He's got a really amazing team with him. He's a uh, psychedelic artist. 
He's collected by folks like uh, Joe Rogan and all these really amazing folks like the guy who did the Sublime cover. You know, really, if you're a psychedelic guy or gal, you're going to love this art. It's really fun. They've got a cool story they're telling with the PFP and people are going wild in their Discord right now. So right now, if you're looking at something new to jump into, today is the day to run over there. Awesome. Awesome. Why should people care about music NFTs, Joe? I think we're so early innings on music NFTs, right? People are still experimenting. You're going to see something where, you know, someone will come out with an incredible, super dope music video, and that'll lead into a giant set of collections of NFTs, drops across albums that, you know, span this test of time and have lots of different storytelling elements. You know, back in the 90s, you could actually make a real record, right? There's There were a lot of people making real records with real producers. You'd have people doing, you know, bringing in bands and having real art being made. It'd take months or years to make records, right? Nowadays, it's all, let's go to the back and pump out some more stuff for Spotify. There's about 20, 30 people a year get to make a real record, right? You know, Dens from Take a Day Trip, who does all little nod stuff, can afford to bring in 40 trumpets for a real record. NFTs are going to be able to bring back that kind of real artistry to the music industry. And I'm really excited by that. We are so early though. Love it. Love it. So third question, Joe, is it too late for people to invest in NFTs? Are you kidding? I mean, <laughs> I, like, I don't even think of it as investing in NFTs. It's like, what are your hobbies? You know, what do you like to do? What are your charities do you support? I mean, you would have done it in another form. Here's a way more fun and interesting way to do it, way to build community, have a good time, maybe make some money, sure. But I think the real value here is like, let's support some art. Let's support some good causes. Let's just do fun and interesting things. Love that answer. That's right on. I'm fully in agreement. Favorite blockchain, Joe? Oh, I got to do the crypto.org chain. And now the Cosmos chain, our EVM, obviously a little self-interested here, but our chain is a proof of stake. It's very fast. It's very cheap to transact in. If you stake our coin, you can get a credit card or debt prepaid debit card. They can give you up to 8% back. You got to stake 400 grand though. So bring your checkbook, but that is the best card on the market, right? This blows out the Centurion card, the black card from Amex. You know, it's just literally the best thing on the market. You also can stake your coin and make 14% APY. So a uh, big fan of that thing. I've had some friends jump in and they have done very well. It's gone from, I don't know, 13 cents to 56. It peaked at 90 something earlier this last couple of weeks when we renamed the Staples Center Crypto.com Arena, which officially will be unveiled on the 24th of Christmas Eve. Oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah, lots of momentum around our coin. We're now like the 13, 14 biggest coin out there, depending on the day. And our exchange volume, we're like number two, number three in the world now with our exchange volume. You know, we're about 300 million plus or minus Coinbase these days. You know, so really just making some real momentum around what we're doing. Amazing. Fifth and final question, Joe. What do you say to people who say the music business isn't broke? So why fix it? Oh, boy. If they don't think it's broke, they don't actually work in the music business. <laughs> <laughs> I spent 10 years fixing problems in the music industry. I wasn't even, I wasn't even a quarter done. I did some real damage. You know, I, I helped collect songwriter, more royalties for more songwriters than ever, right? We had 350,000 songwriters at Song Trust. Previously, the industry, his, like historically, maybe collected for 100,000 total. There's so much to fix. I don't think NFTs or blockchain are going to fix all the problems, but they certainly can help with quite a bit around provenance and trustworthiness and the ability to rectify data in a public way, which is not happening today. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That was an incredible lightning round, Joe. That was some smoking NFT heat there. Five out of five. Let's get into some more questions. I actually had the pleasure of interviewing you at the Trusted Advisor Summit here in Los Angeles last month to discuss Hollywood NFTs. 
I can unequivocally say it was the highlight of the conference for most participants, including myself. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got into the crypto and NFT space? I started playing around in Bitcoin 2011. I tried to mine a Bitcoin. I was a computer scientist and I you know, had an interest in finance and, and economics. And it was going to be, uh, I was going to make $4 of Bitcoin for $6 of electricity. And it was going to take 24 hours. And I had it on, this is how long ago, I had a ThinkPad. And it was going to take, it was just starting to heat up my room. So about two hours in, I was like, oh, screw this. This is not worth it. And so I've been regretting that ever since. And in about 2016, Imogen Heap was a client of mine. And so she is an amazing musician. If you don't know her, she did all the music for Harry Potter, the musical. She has a huge hit, like a global smash with Jason Derulo, which was like the big song from the OC, if you remember that. But she's just an incredibly technologically sophisticated musician. She makes these like magical gloves that make music and stuff. She's invented a bunch of instruments, super smart person. And so she spent a lot of time with Joe Lubin and I in and around early Ethereum days where we're just thinking about what can we do with the blockchain? Joe had you, Joe. And so I look, you know, spent a lot of time just thinking about what is the music industry going to look like in the future? Could I imagine an NFT? I mean, what she made in the, her project, Tiny Human, was a prehistoric NFT, right? She sold something on, on Ethereum blockchain. Uh, obviously, this is probably even before ERC-20 and 721. Maybe ERC-20 was out, but I can't remember. So I've been playing around and then I got really busy and unfortunately didn't buy Ethereum while I was there. And so here I am trying to, you know, earn back my mistakes for not getting in early enough. Joe, you may be the most OG we've had on the podcast talking about Bitcoin 2011 and being there with Lubin talking ETH days early on. That's pretty, pretty awesome alpha. Uh, yeah. So obviously... <laughs> if only I had taken my own advice. <laughs> right. If only you were, you know, with Lumen right now, billions, but I'm sure you did great. And we appreciate all the amazing stuff you've done for the community, especially on the music side with the NFTs. Super amazing. Well, you guys have made headlines recently, obviously huge partnerships. Every time I turn on the TV, I see Matt Damon with Crypto.com. Love that commercial. And obviously the Staples Center. So I'm expecting Lakers tickets very soon. Can you tell us a little bit about each of those partnerships and how they came about and your kind of robust nature in major partnerships? It's very exciting. Yeah, our CMO is just truly world class. He knows everyone and everyone knows him now. <laughs> and so the Staples Center opportunity was floating around and a guy on my team actually kind of brought it back and resurrected it. And it just, our CEO really resonated with the idea that this could be a big moment for our company. And it's not just LA, it's a global place. And so we are a global company and we thought it would be a really interesting place to place our name. You know, it, we're not done. I mean, we've, we've I think, publicly announced 1.2 billion or something of, of partnerships in the last six months or so, whether it's F1, where we're all over the racetracks, UFC, where we're on the octagon and right in the center of the jerseys of the fighters. And, you know, we're on a patch of the 76ers or on the ice at the Montreal Canadiens. We are taking our name and getting it out there. You know, we got really good at getting the crypto, like beyond the people who are crypto curious over the line to buy crypto and to get into the space. And now we're trying to get folks that are skeptical or just don't know or, or don't know how to get there. We have a really easy brand name. We're a really safe place to, to buy crypto. It's very simple to use our products. And so, you know, just moving more of, of the global population into buying crypto. Joe, you've already sort of discussed how NFTs can change the music industry. How do you envision NFTs changing the TV and film industries? Why would you make an IP that wasn't going to start from 
some level of an NFT or, or end it or begin at some sort of level of an NFT or certainly intertwine it. It's a way to persist an IP longer than just the event and create a super fan base or even broader, more, you know, more broad fan base and continue it going. I mean, you can imagine what if Squid Games gave everyone, you know, NFTs that you could play in, in Fortnite or Roblox or whatever. And, you know, it was already a momentous event. It would have been 10 times as big. Every kid would have been, you know, having it as their avatar. And if, or, you know, different rarity tables, they could have caught, you know, charged a bunch of money. People would be all over this over Christmas. You know, the next Hello Kitty, the next Gundam, the next set of uh, Pokemons, etc. Everything's going to come out in some way, shape, or form through this. You know, I'm, I'm really excited about projects like Wizards, uh, Forgotten Rune Wizard Cult, because they're, they're going to make a TV show around what they're doing. You know, I love the 8-bit avatars. Now they've made them 3D. And like, there's all that's just like, there's more you're going to be able to do with within these communities. We've just started to scratch the surface. I think it will take a while for people to really see how to make these super cool. Culture is catching up. I made a meme that was like, you know, that it was nerds passing the NFT ball to the other guy. You know, it's hype beasts on the other side. And it's, you know, I made this. This is mine. Now the hype beasts are going to take this, you know, this thing from everyone. I think we're going to see all culture will galvanize around this. Whether or not the NFT name will matter in five years, I don't know. But, you know, this digital collectibles, whatever you want to call this, is the future. And it's here and it's here to stay. We fully agree. We love it. That's an alpha right there. So what's your advice to a big brand or celebrity thinking of enter, entering the NFT space? Can you kind of walk us through your NFT roadmap and how to successfully launch a collection? When we work with folks, we, we try to really partner. We have creative producers in-house that you know, we'll take a look at what they're trying to do and, and try to level it up, see how to work with our platform better. We think about what makes sense for that person. We want to make things rare enough, but accessible enough, depending on their audience. If they are and we look at what they've done historically. Are they, you know, do they have a big merchandise sales? Are they, do they have an email list? Or are they just big on socials? Where is their audience? We want to try to meet their audience where they are and what they understand and other things that they've transacted with them potentially before. I think you have to uh, be thoughtful about being true and authentic to your brand. And it has to come from within as much as possible. You surely can bring in and partner with artists, but the, the creative ideas have to come from, you know, you know, frankly, the bosses, right? And, and whoever is the soul and heart of the company. And if it's not coming out of there, it's going to feel manufactured and fake and kind of weak. And so we really encourage as many, you know, executives or principals or, you know, the person at whatever brand or celebrity to do the work. You know, it, I think when we work with Snoop Dogg, he probably put, I don't know, 20, 30 hours in and his team spent 80 to 100 easily. I mean, I was on the phone with those guys forever. His drop, did very well and it was huge and it was very exciting. And he since really aped into the space as everyone's seen with his work on sandbox and whatnot. So I think that authenticity is where you got to live as a brand and you got to build things that are not just one and done. You have to think, okay, I'm birthing this thing into the world. I got to raise and love and care for this for the rest of my life. John, I'm curious, how will the cyclical nature of crypto affect your marketplace for music, TV, and film? And what could we expect coming down the pipe on crypto.com that is different from other platforms and marketplaces? Yeah, you know, we had a really good run in the early bull market this year. And I think we're affected a little bit by the bear market. Now we have just so much pent up demand. We've kept it really rare and really tight. You know, I aim for a 20 minute sellout. 
That's my sweet spot. Basically, if I do under 20 minutes, I screwed up because that means I didn't do enough additions and there was more demand than I estimated. If I go over 20, it means I, that's too, that's not rare enough. So, you know, sometimes I don't get it right, but most of the time I'm, nowadays I do. And that idea with 20 minutes is like anyone who actually wanted the thing had a chance to show up and get it. Right. And that's yeah. the, that's the nice feeling I want people to, to have. These days, though, again, demand is really, really outstripping supply. So, you know, we are trying to bring more supply. You know, we do still want to keep things rare, but we continuously keep doing bigger and bigger drops. Marketplace is running in you know, the 100 million GMV plus range at this point. Amazing. 20 minute drop sellout. That's super cool. There's been a huge amount of talk about the metaverse recently. Obviously, Facebook rebranded as meta. 2022 is going to be crazy with metaverse stuff. There's a lot of interest from consumers, whether they're buying plots of land next to Snoop Dogg in, in Sandbox or, or even you know Nike purchasing Artifact and where that's going to go in the metaverse. Where does the metaverse fit into crypto.com's kind of strategy? I would say looking at all of our options. Having our own chain means we, we're not as interoperable with all the Ethereum new toys of the week, right? And so I think where we're focused is providing a lot of value with what we can do today. And we will get there. When we get there, like anything we do, we will do it in a major and massive way. We want to make sure it's done right and done well. And you know, there's no winners yet where we're headed. And so, you know, we're always evaluating how we might work with different metaverses or if we want to create our own or, or what we might do. But I think where we're headed is it's really decentralized world where it's, you know, interoperable. So, you know, we're going to need to be interoperable in the long term. And so that pipes, those pipes are going to take a while to build for everybody. And it's not going to come overnight, but when it really starts to work, it's going to be fantastic. Joe, this is an issue that is near and dear to the heart of both myself and Justin and NFT Heat. But what do you think of the current state of female and diversity representation in the crypto and NFT spaces? And what can be done to help onboard more females and diversity into the space? As a constant question I ask my business development team in particular, I'm always asking them, how can we do more things on this front? We've done some things for organizations that support lots of different causes, whether it was working with one of Drake's producers to support indigenous people in Canada earlier this year, working with Baron Davis today on Black Santa, which is supporting the Urban League here in LA or in LA, as well as the Black Economic Alliance and Money Matters for Youth. We've done all sorts of causes around, you know, supporting other other charities that, that help in this space. It's always top of mind how I if especially when I'm working with a celebrity, if they have a foundation, how we can help maximize that impact. That's awesome. That's amazing. Super cool. We talk a lot about community on this podcast and how important it is in the crypto NFT space. We also know it's a very big part of crypto.com's mission. And just curious about how the community aspect of, of NFTs affects your strategy. We, I mean, I'm always out there talking to folks and I'll jump in the Discord whenever I can find time and answer some questions. And we don't even have an official Twitter spaces. We let our community bring us in. You know, we found it just like, let them lead the way and let us let us serve them. And so, you know, we are really encouraging as much organic growth as we can uh, into our community and because that's how it's going to work. Right. And, and we give as much as we can back because they're giving so much more. And, you know, where we've really started to take off, I would say over the last three months, we went from, uh, you know, under 10,000 followers on socials on both sides. So I think we're going to hit 100,000 here in any day now. And that's a testament to the community. And they're, they're helping us build brick by brick and supporting the creators we're working with who are just incredible. And trying to bring the creators 
obviously to the community or meet the our community where their community is and bring them together has been really fun. That's awesome. Joe, you're literally one of my favorite people in the space. I mean, you're definitely somebody people should follow. So where is the best place to follow you? Yeah, I'm at Joe Conyers on Instagram, on Twitter. Crypto.com NFT is our, is our long <laughs> handle, the handle because we have a separate handle from the main Crypto.com one. That's the best place. Discord is really where the conversations are happening. So join the Crypto.com Discord. There's a whole NFT section. We have some stuff for trading, for uh, our open marketplace where you can mint yourself and you can post your new mints and you can you know chill your, your new works, which is really fun. That's where the real edge art and the outsiders are coming in. And it's really fun to see and, and watch those folks. It's alongside trading and uh, other things that are going on in there, just general discussion about NFTs. And there's a lot of, I'd imagine a lot of alpha in there for folks. Amazing. Well, well, thank you again, Joe, so much for your time and your NFT heat. You really did bring in, honestly, that whole 20 minute thing. That's amazing. That's probably one of the best metrics I've ever heard. So that really should be like the benchmark for all NFT drops. We try. We don't always get it right, but usually we do these days. Yeah. Well, we appreciate all your fantastic insights in Alpha. Until next week, when another top NFT thought leader pops in with more Alpha, get collecting, learning, and growing. We're NFT Heat. A huge thank you to two of the creative engines behind this show. First, to LaFlex for the super smooth intro and outro music. What you're hearing is the song Love to You off his 2019 album, Flex Appeal. And lastly, a big thank you to Bernardo Rodriguez for the awesome logo for the show. You can check him out on Instagram at Art of Bernardo. Everyone, we just want to give you a massive thank you for listening to NFT Heat. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at NFT Heat. And we're looking forward to seeing you next week. Bye.